0: I'm Susanna Lanier, actor and acting coach for over 25 years. I'm Jess Greenberg, casting director for over 10 years. We're here to help you navigate this crazy, creative, and sometimes chaotic journey into the film and television world.
1: We share our insights as to what works.
0: And invite some pretty spectacular guests to share more ideas to move you on your journey.
1: So without further ado, let's get into the
0: show. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with stand up comedian and actor Akeem Hoyt Charles, who recently returned to Montreal from Vancouver, whose credits include Superman and Lois, A Million Little Things, and The Night Agent. You may also have caught him in last year's Just for Laughs. Welcome,
2: Akeem.
3: (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm happy you're
2: here.
3: I'm excited. I'm a big fan of this podcast. And honestly, before I. I was thinking about it yesterday, I was like, this is like the ideal podcast for like up-and-coming performers, whether it's acting or, or stand-ups, because you're getting inside mind to casting directors.
1: Yeah, we 30. definitely want to like demystify the whole process.
3: Yeah, it's, you gotta get a little sense <laughs> of the process, because when I first started, it was like, damn, they hate me, I suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, it's so not that.
3: Yeah, it's all- I started booking, I'm like, I'm amazing.
1: They love me. Yeah.
0: And it's honestly the good and the bad. It's not personal. It's a lot of times the vibe at the moment. (laughs) So you you can't, you can't take it personally. That's what I hope comes out of this because it really is the vibe at the moment. And of course your talent plays into it. But everybody's talented at this level. Once you're going out there, they're all talented. So it has nothing to do with your talent at that level. It really has to do with fitting that puzzle piece.
3: It's a, it's That's the it? a, it's the aesthetic. I watched I watched a podcast with uh Josh Peck and he said the, one of the most brilliant things ever about like when you go to an audition, um you're either doing one of two things. You either you're solving a problem no matter what, but you're either um, showing the casting director or the director exactly what they're looking for, yeah, or something they never thought they needed, but now they know they need.
1: Right,
0: and you
3: never know which one it's going to be. Yeah, it's only when you get on set that's when they'll tell you.
1: Let's take it back though from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, um, so I read yeah. at like 25, you had a steady job in sales, uh, but you wiped it away and decided to pursue comedy and acting
3: yeah yeah i did so like here's here's what the funny thing about like most people think like comedy and acting is like the dream for most people and then they settle for like the corporate job or the steady pay or whatever like that and then they have this like midlife crisis where I, i've always wanted to get on stage and do it for me it was complete opposite acting and, and stand-up it was like a plan it was my plan b right which yeah yeah because so that's funny right? I don't it's know, I don't of, know
0: yeah. anybody who's like yeah well my my plan you know a is to get like a steady job my plan b is I'll be an artist
2: yeah, <laughs> right,
3: know, right? Like... <laughs> so here's oh. here my, here, here my thing it was it was working in sales that was plan a uh entertainment plan b and if that didn't work out I was gonna be a trash man. Okay. Because I don't know what it was. I was a kid and I, I grew up in the South Shore. And the trash, I would see the trash man just coming down the street and just being able to wear shorts to work and you're dangling in the back of the truck. <laughs> it seems so much fun to a 10 year old.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, like jumping on and funny. off, like very. Oh, it was <laughs> so cool.
2: Yeah, you fit. So, you wear boots. Oh, yeah. Honestly, you stay in
1: good shape. I could relate. Oh. Because when I was a young kid, I loved like the squeegee at the gas stations. So, yeah, so dope. and I was like, I think I would do that as a job. Like yes. when I was like eight, and I think yeah. that's when I instilled so much fear in my dad. He's like, No, Jess, you gotta think bigger.
3: Yeah. yeah but then, so once I left Concordia, um, I was looking for a job and I got a job working at a friend's company right he was where he was he was a he was a, he was a, a regional manager for, for the company and so I started doing sales and everything was going good and it was around 2017 uh my friend we're allowed to shout out people here on this right sure of course yeah okay and you're allowed yeah, to swear about. also word oh yeah oh good cool. <laughs> yeah so you saw me have a stroke before and I was trying to yeah all right cool yeah. all right bet all right <laughs> um so I have a friend Evangely Alexopoulos who's a great comic and out of Montreal she actually got me into comedy and I saw her doing it. And even when I saw her doing it, um, I never got the idea to get entertainment. I just thought, oh, that's pretty dope. Stand up is, is, is funny, it's great. Like most people think, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, like I love stand up, let's go watch and support her. Right. And then that brought us closer together. And then, like, we'll just be talking on the phone and, like, I'm just a silly dude by nature. So she took something I said um in a conversation went up on stage with it said it was the best joke came back to me said you need to get on stage and I'm like I'm not funny like I'm not like make strangers laugh type of funny I'm we're in a group of friends that know me know my personality type of funny so I did it just to shut her up bombed the first place that I did then I got a standing oh the second place I did which felt good
1: was it the same set or you had like tweaked it it was the
3: exact same set it was the exact same set yeah yeah but I didn't care the first time I just did it to get it over with yeah. And she's like, if you put a little bit more, like, energy and emphasis on it, like, actually try it, then it'll probably be different. So I went, did uh, this other comedy club, did it, got a standing O, and then it felt good. So I committed to it once a month, got my first paying gig that January of 2018, and uh, it was $200. And I was like, you're going to pay me $200 for that? You're like, right. yeah, if it's not enough, we could figure out more in the budget. I was like, $200 will suffice. At the time I was staying with my mom, my mom sees the mail and she's like, what is this? And she opens it. I was like, mom, opening mail is illegal. She said, well, when you pay a bill here, <laughs> then you can have rights to privacy. But till you do all mail is my mail. I don't care whose name on it. She sees the check and she, said, what is this for? I said, remember the show I did a couple weeks ago? She's like, yeah. And I was like, that's what it's for. And she goes, you know, Kim, if you do this about four or five times a week yeah, and you're getting paid this, that's your current salary. And I was like, Huh. And then the comedy dream was born. And that's when it just started making sense. I was like, I work at nine to five Monday to Friday, 40 to 50 hours a week working in yeah. sales, right? And that's a volatile just honestly, people don't understand sales is just as volatile as as entertainment. Because right. you work, you're, you're self-employed, you're you're an independent contractor, you go, you have slow parts of the year, you have good parts of the year, it's just as volatile. See so the mentality of putting away money and all that stuff was instilled from me from that.
2: Right.
3: So then yeah, so I started doing stand up and then my cousin Tristan, um, I'm pretty sure Je- well Suzanne might know, but I know trip just knows. Uh, mm-hmm. my cousin Tristan. Yeah. So he was a big guy. Act- he, yeah. He yeah. He's a, he's a big actor in the city as yeah. well. And he was just on my ass about, yeah, why don't you just why don't you get an acting? It's all synonymous with each other. The bigger you get a comedy, you're probably gonna start doing movies. And I was like, Fine. <laughs> So uh I linked up with um Constantine Cortides, which is a great agent. If you get, if anybody's listening to this and looking for a fantastic agent, please reach out to him. Yeah. Um with Top Talent and um signed with him, booked my first gig three weeks later. I went, This his acting stuff is easy. <laughs> I, I can do it. Wow. And then, um yeah, and then it snowballed into there and I just said And do you
1: find um the comedy and acting do fuel each other? Do you
3: absolutely i think i think because i think because comedy is so appreciated but like there's less that less involved i think that acting fuels that because if you think about acting is the like acting is the movies and television are at the top of the pinnacle no matter what facets you do whether it's music uh comedy Whatever. That's where the money. Everyone gets into acting at some point because mm-hmm. that's where the money is. That's where the the bulk of entertainment comes from. Right. So definitely, my acting career that I've been able to grow and, build and cultivate has fueled and pumped up my my comedy stuff. It's definitely. It's like comedian. Like when bookers are booking, they tell you what TV credits you have. Now most comedians will say they have a late night taping. They have this. Mm-hmm. Very few um, that I know are saying. Yeah, I'm. I'm in these shows, mm-hmm. not just this show. So there's comedians that have done like one-offs and this and third and blessed it. Everyone starts out somewhere, but the having like an IMDb that people can go search on my name and they see and it's like they have to scroll down to see, mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then they go find the episode and they see oh shit he's not just like a taxi driver this he got a name like he's he's got a name which I didn't know exactly. the importance of
2: yeah, yeah.
3: exactly right. So, so it it helps
1: you both like as a performer, like keeping you sort of like on your toes and stuff, but also professionally when people are booking you that they right. see the resume.
3: Essentially, I think acting helps the perception and mm-hmm. helps me get booked more in terms of comedy. And but comedy helps me become a better actor, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. I've never taken a class.
0: That's what I wanted to ask you. Did you have any training or did you just, it just came to you naturally, instinctively?
3: It's honestly, it's a combination of instincts, trusting my instincts, and then um, good directors and good direction. And then with stand up, because stand up, right? And sorry for anybody who's obsessed with stand up and loves it, but I'm about to tell you all, blow the whistle on it. Um, We tell the same jokes. We're going on tour, we're on the road. We, our job is to tell the similar jokes or the same jokes night after night after night We'll make it seem like it's the first time we're doing it
2: yeah
3: you know what i mean so that muscle in itself allowed me to kind of jump into anything okay i'll read a script i see the directions i i get a sense of what where the director or the writer is trying to go with it and then with the director the director comes in and then fine tunes it i remember doing uh so help me And it was like one of the first parts that I got where like this scene was like heavily dependent on me. I had one scene, but like that's like that was that was very integral part to the story. So we get on set, we're there, and I'm there walking around. I'm just I get I get on set, craft services, wherever we're sitting for the green room. That's it. Right. I wait to be told what to do. So I get on the set, director comes up to me, shakes my hand. And I'm like, so what are you thinking for the scene? And I'm just like, what are you thinking for the scene? And she's like, Well, I'm just thinking we're here. Like, what would you do? And I was like, well, I don't know. What do you want me to do? And she said, like, you know what? Let's do a dry run. Let's just do a dry run. Akeem, just do whatever feels natural. Okay. Cool. So we were doing the scene. I open the door, I'm walking, hands in my pocket, I shoulder shrug, I turn around, I'm looking, and then we ran through the scene, and the director says, Cut. All right, block it, set it up. That's exactly what we're doing. Thank you, Akeem. Right. We you were able to go to craft services. And it was the first time I could just like relax and just trust myself and know that just go, just trust your ability as an actor to kind of just go in and then do something feels right and add your own type of sauce to it. So that was a lot of fun. And that was, that was a really cool experience. But yeah, I'd say that's how they work tandem with each other. Sorry to get on a little tangent there
1: no it's interesting
0: yeah and that makes sense that makes sense Mm -hmm. that uh, because that's exactly the same note for acting you have to say it as if it's the first time every time Mm -hmm. when you're on set and you do it over and over and over yeah but what's interesting is because I always because I'm an acting coach so I always tell the students that come with clear choices and then if they don't like it they'll redirect but you're the opposite you're coming in as like Tell me what you want me to do. But she was like, I don't know. You do what you're gonna do. And then what you yeah. did was right. So yeah. you're kind of not coming with clear choices, but you're confident enough and you trust your instincts enough. You you don't second guess. Should I open the
3: door? Are they gonna like this? You just do it. And you're now, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this is what let's I do. Make, let's okay. make one thing clear. Yeah, now I could do that. Right. You're one, uh-uh. Tell me what to do. Yeah. to walk up these steps. Am I going too fast? Am I going like I needed. All that because again right. like like i had no idea and it would be times where it's like before i i wouldn't watch like, until i got on the show i wouldn't watch any of the shows that i auditioned for so like i did a million little things i had right. never heard of that show never watched it i got the audition i booked it my i had a bunch of actor friends back in vancouver they're like maybe you should watch the show to get i'm like listen <laughs> i didn't know shit about this show and i right. booked it. clearly that's a recipe for that works for Akeem. I'm right. just gonna continue doing it. Cause the last thing, I think what happens is with a lot of actors is, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is that they'll they'll go watch a show, right? And they'll try to get an essence and they'll try to, typically when they try to model, they'll model their, their character after someone else there. But right. you're a whole different character. You're a whole different person. You're a whole different idea in this in this whole puzzle, as just put it, right? So why if they wanted a double of the, whoever they've already seen in there, and typically it's like one of the main characters, they'll just give that person the line. Right. So it's like going in there with a fresh mindset. So now, especially with the improvisation of comedy, being able to think on my feet, now I actually have the content. It was always in my skill set, I was always able to do it. But it's like, oh shit, like I'm new, I'm on set, they, they've all been working together. I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to do anything. So it's like, you know, I'm just going to get in where I'm finished. But now it's like, especially with the bigger roles, I have the opportunity. At
0: the beginning? Well, it's experience. It makes a huge difference, but it's funny because you go against everything that I teach. But that's okay because all the comedians do—they're rebels by nature. I'm like they, all the comedians I have, they—they always do, and that's okay because it's them. Because the most important thing I teach is like you do you, you know you, and you know where you work best. Yeah. Most of the times, I say Jess and I have had that. You know, like if you're going in for transplant, you may want to watch five minutes of the show just to get the the tone. I'm not saying right. you need to. I'm and I'm not saying you should mimic anybody in it, but you might need to know the tone. Like we don't have a whole heck of a lot of Montreal, but Ghosts, it's broad comedy. It's very yeah. sitcom stuff transplant isn't even if there's humor in it don't go like it's not gonna work even if your scene might have a little kind of wink in there yeah. but that's okay because every comedian who has ever taken my class is exactly they have and the, and the industry needs that too they need the rebel they need somebody who's gonna come in and say i haven't watched the show i don't know what the fuck is going on but i got this and they're gonna be like yeah i like this guy he's like Totally different from everything we've seen. But some people are going to say, this guy hasn't done his homework and that's not my set. Like, so it just depends. But what I love is that everything I'm hearing is just you do you. Yeah. And it's working because you're booking yeah. and you're growing. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's working. And that's what you got to know. I mean, that's just what you have to know about yourself. And I,
3: so- I had a director, I had a director once tell me, you know, why I like your king. I was like, why? Oh, you're moldable. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm here. So I'm just <laughs> going to take
2: it. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah, so, <yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <remarkable. laughs> I like, appreciate you. I'll see you. <laughs>
1: but that's yeah. such a great um, thing to say as an actor. Like that's what you want is like you mm-hmm. need the confidence, and, but also you need to be able to take direction and change on the spot. And, and um, yeah, I feel like you could probably mimic a lot of people and that's probably why you don't even want to watch those things because maybe that will, like
3: influence me in a way that it's like yeah. I just that makes sense so that yeah. makes
1: sense yeah okay so next is we want to talk about why the decision to move to Vancouver from Montreal
3: oh that's easy we're we're in a panorama it was we in a panorama it was it was locked down <laughs> I had I had uh I had so right before um the pandemic, I was I did JFL Northwest, which is the Vancouver Comedy Festival, okay. in February. And then I had a gala in March, and that's when it kind of kicked off. And again, they told us it was two weeks. We were locked down until summer, of they opened up. And at the time, I'm like, I need I I need stand up. Like I need stand-up. Like I need to tell jokes. Like this is like this whole internet shit is not for me. Like I need to be in front of people. So um i had been to vancouver after that time i went to vancouver earlier that year i went it'd be three times that it had been and i was like i need to leave and like it just worked out that my roommate um at the time who's my best friend she was she wanted to move apartments because we were renting and she wanted to buy a place and she's like are you coming with me you're gonna go back to your mom's and i'm like i don't like the way you said that but i'll give me a week (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so after a week six, so i decided and i was like yeah i'm gonna go to vancouver and she's like what what oh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go to vancouver i uh i had saved up some serve money shout out to serve and um <laughs> yeah i just said yeah i'm gonna go to vancouver so i set a harsh date uh september 15th that year where i said i'm gonna pack up and just two duffel bags and, and i carry on and just go to vancouver and then figure it out. And what's wild is I had zero, I like I had zero plans on acting out there. None.
1: It was just to None. do like, stand it, was up. Just, it,
3: was, it was just to do stand up. Cause right. I had worked on a project and we'll get into it probably. I see the questions. So we'll get into it later, but I had worked on a project as a stand-in uh, a couple months prior that fall, the fall before, and I got fired from it. Oh, how come? Yeah, I got fired. I gave attitude. <laughs> I gave attitude to a fourth AD, which I don't okay. even know they went there. I don't even know they went there. I that thought high. third
0: AD was the yeah. top, but you got the no, fourth not
3: AD. This one, not this okay. one. This one had hey, we there was a lot of ADs on this one. Um <laughs> just because there were long days, there were long shoots. I think we were about like a month and a half in, maybe a little more than that, in a three-month shoot. Um, yeah. very intensive. Everyone's irritable. And the one. This kind of this experience shaped my mindset of how I am as an actor on set now. Okay. Um, stand-ins just short. Like I say, I say this: stand-ins are like the corn on the top of the poop. Okay. Like there's the cool there's the cool kids there's the cool yeah. kids right there's the stars there's the guys there's the actors blah 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 there's the directors there's the first ads maybe second ads but then stand-ins are like they they just made it into that. To that curtain they were just into, into the that.
0: crew they're part of the yeah. crew but you're right yeah. they're not you you respect you get all the,
3: you get you get the good craft services yeah right? you you I sometimes get a trailer but when all else fails and somebody's getting yelled at it's it trickles down and then when like the director's directing the first yelling at the first ad first ad yelling at the second ad it gets down to you and then you look down there's nobody to yell at you're just taking the brunt of all that frustration right so um some there was a there was an ad there that was her first time ever on set ever like she had never done a production before like not even in the background and she was just bumbling everywhere and didn't really know where to be and she's just taking everything her bosses say at face value right. without filtering it out herself so it's like i'm supposed to be on set i'm supposed to be um like looking out to see when it's time to go on now i'm under i'm standing in for the lead for the number two
2: yeah
3: he's on set i'm standing there by the monitors i'm not on set but i'm by the monitors he leaves to go blow his nose or something look a booger i don't know what he left to go do <laughs> but when i looked up he was there when i looked away and looked back he was there right she comes she comes up to me starts yelling at me and waving her finger in my face now i understand that entertainment is a highly desired um field to be in a lot right, of people right. talented or not they want to be a part of it um i'm not one of those people i was right. i now i'm like i i love it but at the time it's like i'm here for a check so yeah. i could pay to go on tour and go on the road and travel right don't wave your finger in my face i'm gonna grow ass man i'm here just like everybody else working crack of dawn to late be hours of the night we are no sleep don't wave your finger in my face you go she goes and tells the fourth AD, which is her boss. So you can just let you know how low she was. <laughs> yeah. She comes, talks to me crazy when she's been talking to people. She's been talking to people crazy all, all production. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, she fired me, but she, fi- she got fired the next day for firing Awesome. Me. What's great about that whole story is, is that I'm still friends with not just the cast, but the production team and everyone that was working alongside it, like, like I went to go, like, it's, so it was Trevante Rhodes who I was uh, standing in for. I went to go see him at TIFF last, last year.
2: Cool.
3: His his, his, uh, business partner, Andre was working on the production team with, with all of us, him and I have stayed close and he texted me in while I was in Vancouver saying, Hey, yo, we're going to be in, we're going to be in Toronto this day. And I'm like, does that mean I'm coming to Toronto? He's like, <laughs> yeah. why do you think I'm texting you? So I got the flight, went out for two days, we hung out, we got to see each other after all that time. And then, and then, yeah, but the biggest thing that that taught me is is that I, it's not that it's something that I want, it's something that I need to do. It's I need to make sure that everybody from, from background to the director and everyone in between needs to feel important and needs to feel uh, needed.
0: Yeah. Well, you're completely right that, like, you can't make a movie without
3: background. Your restaurant scene is going to
0: look really stupid yeah. if
3: you have nobody there. You, you know? can't make a, mo- so, you can't make you a can't. movie without anybody, the grips, the writing, whoever. Absolutely. Like you need- it's a There's team. a reason why you need all that. It's a team. And, like, yeah. it's like you you got to show love to them because they'll show love to you.
2: Yeah. I mean, first Absolutely.
3: people I go meet me. the director and the craft service people.
1: Yeah. 100%. Add production accountant to your list of important people. Oh, my
3: yeah. God. You want to get, get your yeah. checks. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Very awesome. important. I call them, Hey, hey, Linda, how are you doing? Okay, good. <laughs> All right, cool. She's like, okay, Keem, don't worry. Your check's coming. Linda, I wasn't even asking about that, but thank you. And <laughs> keep pushing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. The office people are very slept on. It, yeah. is,
0: it is a good note to pe- treat everyone oh, well. Always. treat everyone well I, yeah. and I remember this note from now we do so many less in-person auditions but back in the day when you were before you had an agent you were trying to like go I was anyways with my headshot to all the like casting people hi I'm new in the city and I'm you know just started auditioning before I got an agent with your headshot and resume well you know who you need to be really nice to that receptionist because she's the <laughs> one who will go and go this girl was really nice mm-hmm. if there is anything that would be nice if you did that and if you're not nice you're like i need to talk to your boss they'd be like she's busy at the moment just leave it with me (laughs) rip rip and i know because i was a receptionist for two years and everybody was really sweet and nice and sometimes christmas they'd bring me like a bottle of wine i'd always run to the back and be like (laughs) so and so is really sweet you should try to get them in for something i'm telling you they have the biggest influence (laughs) it's the person at the door no. You know, they're the biggest influence because no. they're guarding the casting director. So that's a good note.
3: The gate, you're the real gatekeepers.
0: <laughs> the real gatekeepers. I want to know about <clears throat> Vancouver. Is it very different in Vancouver than in Montreal? Like, what are the differences that you've noticed from because you've now been in both cities?
3: Um, I think the hustle is different. The hustle is yeah. different, but I think that's only because of the sheer volume of of work. Like, it's just like peak my peak i think I, I i think the most auditions i did in a week one time anywhere between nine to twelve give or take wow yeah, yeah we
0: don't in have a week. that
3: here yeah. yeah in a week and that's like and that's and like you're getting you're getting seen for multiple roles on the same episode
0: right
3: um a lot of the actors and and comedians there they all a lot of them have jobs a lot of them don't Transition to full time entertainment till they can, till that facet is paying their rent. Right. They're not stupid expensive, but a lot of them they're working in the bar industries. And the one thing that's different between the bar industry here in Toronto is that you get the freedom of like, of actually like being, you see the waitresses, oh, I need the freedom to be able to leave, cover myself, someone cover my shit easy, no problem. But the money that's there
2: that mm-hmm. they make
3: at these bars is ridiculous. Like it's, right. it, it makes no sense. Like that's why Vancouver never really shut down in terms of COVID, right? Because if they shut down all service industry, all bars, restaurants, stuff, there will be zero money circulating right. in the city. So, right. these, so these actors can afford their rent to live downtown and still jump. So I think it's just a matter of the way the market is, the circumstances and the culture of the city. Like everything, like happy hours start at noon in BC. Right.
1: Well, because I was going to say, from, too, I heard there's not much of, like, a nightlife there.
3: Nightlife is shit. Everyone's, right. it's all during the day. Yeah.
1: Everything's done, so, everything's
3: done. Everything's yeah. done the So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, so wow. that's those are, like, I guess those are the difference between, but what I will say is that the reason, one of the reasons why I was able to be so successful is because when you're on the East Coast, everything's, you're on the go. Toronto, you have to hustle because the rent is so expensive. Here, you have to hustle. Because you don't want to be caught outside in minus 30 degree weather. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Vancouver, again, like there's so many different reasons why, like, there's like everyone's got room, everyone's got a roommate. So it's like you're splitting, you're splitting the bills in that regard. Like, I was living in a one bedroom apartment and there are two people living in it. But again, there's so much money to be made as a bartender. And when you're a bartender making so much money, you're making On average, like $800 a shift, right? Just in tips alone, alone, you can go and you have all your days to get your auditions done and everything. And then you only got to go to work for like 6 p.m. and then you finish at 2, you're
2: laughing.
3: You're laughing. You're able to live the artist lifestyle because you're working at bar. Whereas people in Toronto, it's like you're starting early in the day.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: like you're starting early and everything starts earlier and you're going back and forth blah, blah 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 blah. so it's like so yeah think about it like most audition, like the only time I ever had to wake up early for an audition was when I had a call back from the east coast and I'd be up like at 6 30 right for an audition my eight my time but it's 11 there. so that's like the only time but other than that people are just doing whatever
0: yeah I heard so just correct me and I think you just did I like because I really don't know anything about the Vancouver industry, but I just heard that like, if you go to Vancouver, it is still hard to get work there because a lot of the stuff is going out to the people in LA. They're bringing people in because it's quite close. That's That's so it's hearing. not like you go out there and it's like easy breezy. Oh, there's so many productions. Um, so what happens to a lot of people is because there are so many productions, they end up doing a lot of stand in work and background work. So they are able to pay their bills with roommate, of course, because the rent is that's exactly two thousand I heard it's 2000 bucks for a, like a, a small one bedroom. So um, I guess it depends where you are. But But they are able to um, survive by stand-in and background. And it's a lot more accepted there than it is here because there are successful actors who, they just do everything. Because there's enough work that you can survive, but you just have to do everything. Is that the case or no? Like, what is the case there?
3: Um, Well, the thing about Vancouver Vancouver gets a lot of productions, but I would agree with you if it was only feature films. Okay. Vancouver has a lot of MOWs a lot of Hallmarks right where the Hallmarks are coming in with the two leads okay um done already taken care of
2: mm-hmm. but the
3: entire cast needs to be casted so you're looking at okay cast, yeah so they sure? are
0: casting local they are casting
3: Vancouver oh yeah 100%, oh good 100%. good they're, okay. they're for a for a Hallmark or MOW um you're looking at a cast about of about maybe 15 16 people. Yeah. And they'll come in with their like leads. Yeah. But everyone else is like coming in because like those those MOWs the turnover is like 3 weeks, right? Okay. So you're shooting it all in 3 weeks. Yeah. Uh with a 15 with a 15 man cast. I mean, you could do more, but then at that point it gets hard to kind of like organize 15 people for a 3 week shoot.
2: Yeah. And then
3: the movie's coming out in like a month, 2 months later. Yeah. Right? So so for MOWs, yeah, I'd say feature films is more like that. Like a lot of the big roles, where the the focal point of the story is, based on that, they're coming out of LA, and that's and that's a that's a big issue, too. Like it's 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 not fun. And again, like again, shout out to Vancouver, the Vancouver market, because a lot of the MOWs are giving opportunities to people that are there. But even with Vancouver, I had to come and become a Vancouver resident.
0: Okay, yeah,
3: for tax credits, right? tax credits and stuff like that. So. It's not even specific to just Canadians. Unless you're in Vancouver, only the people in Vancouver are benefiting from that.
1: Do you have a manager or does your Vancouver agent take care of your comedy stuff or is it separate?
3: No, I got a manager. Uh, Her- Williams Hirsch Entertainment, shout out to them. Okay. Uh, Jake Hirsch is my representation in terms of comedy. I, again, I've, I've been blessed with uh, getting great people around me and believing in me and seeing the talent. And I I, I love them to death. and uh he's helped me out get headlining opportunities uh he's pitched me he pitches me to jfl and he pitches me to i actually was able to do the um uh, jfl originals album back in february during the festival that they had in vancouver so uh that's coming out on streaming platforms um on june 4th wow
1: okay so so what is what is the process your managers they pitch you is like tell us about the whole process of it
3: okay so so years past how it's been, um, JFL has their scouts and the scouts, at least in Canada, I can only speak for Canada, they would go to the local comedy, local comedy clubs, the one, the main ones in every, in the major markets, so it would be Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and they would reach out to them and ask who's uh, killing it, who's doing well, and then the comedian, the, the, the bookers would give them their list of people and they would scout based off that um it's since changed uh shout out to neil Benson. he's the new uh recruiter for jfl mm-hmm. this guy is a machine i don't know i'm pretty sure he's seen more showcases this year <laughs> than previous bookers have seen in their entire career like he did i think like he saw 200 comics in toronto alone wow yeah and it's just he's hasn't stopped and Um, So that's typically the process. And the Just for Laughs festival in Montreal is invite only. So you showcase, you audition, and then they reach out to you if they want you to be a part of a show or where you fit in and stuff like that. So it's it's a big deal. And if any comedian tells you it's not, they're just upset they haven't gotten invited yet.
1: (laughs) In the comedy world, does a social media presence clips of anything like does that help you at all or are these scouts really going to the comedy clubs and watching grind it out like um
3: it's it's a combination of the two obviously in order to find that diamond in the rough you need to be in the clubs like that's that's just that's the only way you're going to find sheer talent like you anyone could go online put a set of their they can they can put a a clip of a minute of a 20 minute set where they could have bombed but that was the one clip that they was really well or had laugh tracks in it. Um, unfortunately, uh, even outside of comedy and, and just entertainment as a whole, now you do need a social media presence because the marketing is in our hands.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, if you have two people going up for a project or you have two people that are you're booking for a, a live show, one person is talented but has 3,000 followers on their Instagram, and then the other person might be less or just a talented or whatever, and they have uh, 100,000, you might go with the person that has 100,000 because who's the more likely to sell seats? So unfortunately, and I've, the reason why I shake my head is because it's just every day of my life, people are on my ass about, can hey, we need to, do you have your social media prints, Better you need to reprint, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, guys, Social media for me is not my job, which now it's become a job, Yeah, but it's like, I, I put it, I post stuff that I want to post and I just use it as a form to let a mass amount of people know where my shows are going to be, what yeah. I'm doing, what I have going on, what my friends have going on, stuff I feel they should look out for. It's a bulletin board. That's yeah. it. Yes. I'll put funny shit in there. I'll put just to keep people entertained. Cause I'm just goofy like that, but I'm not the guy that's going to walk around with a camera glued to my hand. talent will fight. it doesn't matter where you what you do as long as you're busting your ass you're working hard you're authentic you're genuine they'll find you so yeah I'll be patient but yeah they'll find you love so, that yeah.
0: amazing Amazing. I like that. Um, okay. So we are going to wrap it up and I did want to know, we like to end with what's the big dream for Akeem now? What's the the goal, the dream, the next steps?
3: My agent asked me that when we, when he first signed me. Um, yeah. For me, the end all be all is to build my brand up as much as humanly possible. I, I want to be world renowned. Like that's i want to be that's the goal the right well yes and no it's it'll just help for my actual my goal my dream is to build a production company a okay. production house here in montreal where i i want to be so big that no project could come into canada wherever it is it could be yukon ter- the northwest territories i don't care um without having to check in with me first i want nice. to be I want to be Canada's entertainment bouncer. And if you want to do this, you got to come through me. Wow. And, we'll, and that way I can make sure that people who are working hard and deserving and that just need a shot and need a break to break into this industry in Canada, get those opportunities.
2: Nice. Like I, want
3: to, I want to run. I want to shoot movies, TV shows, podcasts. um. Dancing or any form of entertainment possible. I wanted to be going through this production house and I want to give all Canadians an opportunity to, to do awards where they can do do parts where they can win awards. Where it yeah. could be career-making, uh life-changing uh roles. Where it's like, you're this is a Canadian production, Canadian story, this and third, and it's going up for a Emmy. Nice! or an oscar whatever that that's that's my goal so that's like it's a long goal it's gonna take a while but i believe 100 that is doable in my lifetime and it'll be around for years to come and i can go and then give everyone that dream every canadian that dreams about becoming a star and becoming an actor comedian, or whatever uh that opportunity that's the goal
0: Wow, that's a nice coming, goal. Yeah. yeah. I love it too. Thank you. Good goal for everybody. Well, thank you so much Akeem, for coming and sharing all your knowledge and your tools and tips and all the great stuff. So
1: we Thank you for having me. You Thank you, having me. you so much.
0: Yeah, and we've had a lot of people in from Toronto, like do Toronto, Montreal, have moved out to Toronto. We haven't had anybody from Vancouver. So this was I'm like to be your first. different. Yes, and stand-up <laughs> comedian. First stand-up. So yeah. look at that. Amazing. Well, thank down. you.
1: Don Ford was here so is a, a, new, stand it's a right.
0: new stand up that's right thank you, you for having me. yeah we'll see you soon so for today's takeaways one push yourself out of your comfort zone and network with new people two don't stress too much about your social media the scouts will find you as long as you get out there three treat everyone equally because we're all working towards the same goal and four Don't take yourself too seriously because there's opportunity everywhere.
1: Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. See you next week.
2: See you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: If you're enjoying this podcast,
1: we would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to support us. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. You can share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and follow us on social media
2: at Podcast.
0: We put out episodes weekly, so
2: subscribe to the shows to get notified.